Good evening and welcome to this episode of Beef Tips and Gravy. I'm John Houston, Director of Business Services for Patrician Feed. I'm happy to have Dr. Kevin Cox, Chief Operating Officer for Alliance Animal Care, and as well as a practicing veterinarian, we're happy to have Dr. Cox with us. Thank you for being with us, Dr. Cox. And as we start this episode, we want to be sure that we focus this episode more on our stalker calves. And so as we think about that, I think about two separate divisions. One, uh, a a person who's buying what I call put together calves through the local sale barns and putting a load together. Uh, and then uh, a second category of those who might be weaning their own calves on the farm and keeping them through a stalker phase uh, before they market those calves. So as we think about those two categories, let's first talk about the put together calves. Uh, what diseases would you be concerned about and that you would recommend vaccinating for as those calves come in uh, after being through a sale barn uh, and as they come in and begin to get them started on feed and that kind of thing? Well, with put together cattle, we certainly worry uh, more about their exposure and their risk to um, the respiratory viruses that they might encounter in a sale barn. Um, we know that those respiratory viruses are the primary uh, invader and then they suppress the immune system and allow for secondary bacterial infections to get started. So we really are most concerned about IBR and VVD uh, viruses. And we really want to be aggressive at protecting cattle uh, against those so that we can avoid bacterial infections like Pastorella or Haemophilus or um, Mycoplasma, God forbid. But um, we also are worried about getting immunity quickly in those cattle. So we might vaccinate put together cattle slightly differently and choose a slightly different route uh, of vaccines uh, for cattle that have had such immediate stress and immense stress of coming through a, a cell barn facility. Okay, so as you think about that and you think about those uh, viruses, uh, what, uh, what vaccination methods would you recommend? I know uh, certainly there's some intranasal type vaccines yeah. and there's some uh, injectables. And uh, how, how would you recommend going about uh, just a standard uh, vaccination protocol for a group of put together cattle? Well, certainly for put together cattle, we would really seriously consider intranasal vaccines for um, the virus components, the IBR and the BVD. Um, we're really concerned about getting immunity in that that group of cattle quickly, and we know that intranasal vaccines can provide really quick immunity. Um, so we know that the, the BVD portion of that is probably the most important part. Uh, and we might delay uh, some of the other vaccines that are, are really hard on the body, things like black leg um, and or even some of the, the harsher Pasteurella vaccines, we might delay those a little bit, but really focus on those intranasal vaccines that are uh, focused on getting BVD protection in them so quickly. Okay, so would you recommend in these put-together calves, uh, would you recommend uh, modified live vaccines or, or killed vaccines or both, or what would you recommend in the put-together put calves? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, we. You could probably get a lot of different answers on that question too, but in my opinion, the modified live vaccines are probably the route to go. And the reason we want to do that is because we need such strong immunity. Uh, and it's not that we're going to get bad immunity from killed vaccines, but we're going to get quick immunity, quicker immunity from the modified live vaccines, um, and we are going to get really strong. So most of the time, um, we tend to use um, those uh, in put-together cattle. Now, if... Um, 
you know, if you were just putting, if you weren't doing any intranasal vaccines um, and you were going to use all um, injectable, then you might make an argument for using a killed vaccine at that first dose. Okay. So uh, when the cattle come in, what would be your recommendation of treating everything with an antibiotic right off the trailer, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, whether they show signs of sickness or not, whether they're fevered or not, just treating everything with an antibiotic. Uh, injectable, I'm talking about. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I'm a real proponent of metaphylactic antibiotic treatment. And uh, metaphylactic is just a big word for saying it's a preventive antibiotic. And so uh, while we know that that's very expensive, uh, we also know um, that that provides some good protection uh, and in the long run can actually save money. So. Uh, there are antibiotics that are labeled to be used metaphylactically, um, and with those that are labeled, they have a, a specific dose that are designed as the preventive label, um, and we I recommend doing that. Now, an alternative to that, uh, I'm anticipating your next question, um, I think is probably uh, metaphylactic antibiotic treatment in feed. Um, and so one of the ways that you could do that would be to have a relationship with your local veterinarian and have a VFD written for um, an antibiotic that you could put in the feed, uh, chlortetracycline or oromycin or CTC, as some people might know it. Uh, And you can do that in pulses or you could do that for 14 days. Uh, But that is another way to do a preventive antibiotic uh, that's not injectable. It's a feed through. Right. And so the injectable antibiotics that are labeled to use in that that way, uh, most all of those, I'm sure, would be a prescription type type antibiotics. They are they are all prescription antibiotics. Yes, they would require a relationship with your local veterinarian, and he would have he or she would have to write a script for that. Okay. So thinking along that line, because you and I know that these, uh, if you've been in the cattle business very long, they're going to get sick. Even after you get them out, they get started on feed. Uh, they're they're going to get sick. Some some some. Somebody somewhere is going to get sick, and so we're going to start using antibiotic therapy in, in mm-hmm. most cases. Um, talk a little bit about the classes of antibiotics, all of which are, uh, for the basically all of which are prescription antibiotics, but there are different classes, and we can mess ourselves up sure. uh, if we're not familiar with those classes and, and how they're used. Right. So yes, the huge majority of the antibiotics that are used in the soccer industry would be prescription antibiotics. And we classify those, um, there are classes of drugs, but then there are also two broad categories, um, bacteriostatic and bactericidal. And that's the classification on the way that the antibiotic kills the bacteria. And so in general, um, there, there might be one tiny little exception to this rule, but in general, we don't use a bacteriostatic antibiotic at the same time that we're using a bactericidal antibiotic. So static kills um, the bacteria by inhibiting the growth or slowing the growth, and a cidal drug would kill a bacteria by causing it to lice or or bust open. Um, And so for the most part, um, you know, if we're using an antibiotic that we know to be a bacteriostatic antibiotic, um, then we would not use a bactericidal antibiotic at the same time. And if you're wondering about which antibiotic is which, um, it's listed on the back. And so you may need to get your glasses, but you can read that uh, on the back of the label and determine what kind of antibiotic that you might be using. And we, we never combine those. 
Um, now, in terms of classes of antibiotics, um, there are certain combinations that you can use together, um, but we would, if, for instance, if you're using a fluoroquinolone like Batril or mm -hmm. something like that, uh, then we wouldn't generally use that with a cephalosporin like Exceed or Exonel or Naxel, for instance. Right. So uh, we need to keep keep all that in mind. And sometimes we give an antibiotic and we don't think it's working. Mm -hmm. Many times we don't give it long enough to work. But when we get in that position, we want to make sure that we're not crossing over on, on some of those uh, modes of action, so sure. to speak. So, um, and also as we're talking about antibiotics, uh, I think it would be important to tell our audience uh, what's coming for the few over-the-counter antibiotics that we still have today uh, in a very short period of time. Those will become prescription as well. Things like uh, uh, our oxytetracyclines and our penicillins and things right. like that. So. So right now, the only uh, injectable antibiotics that are left uh, on the market are the oxytetracyclines, so things like LA-200 or normycin LA-300, um, and then um, the penicillin um, drugs. Uh, and we know um, that uh, in, I think, August of 2023, that all injectable um, antibiotics that are um, OTC that are left are going to transition over to uh, RX antibiotics. And so it's, it's really important. It's never been more important than now to have a good relationship with your local veterinarian because inevitably you're going to need, uh, whether it's in the stalker industry or any other kind of uh, livestock industry, you're going to need some type of antibiotic. And so your relationship with your local veterinarian is paramount to making sure that you can have access to that. Great. So let's back up all the way to the beginning and talk about the other half. Right. Uh, so we have a situation uh, where I have my cows on, on the ground, or my calves on the ground, and so I want to keep those. I'm going to wean them at home, and I'm going to keep them for 60 days, whatever the case may be. Uh, how would I treat them differently from a vaccine standpoint, or would I treat them much the same? No, I would encourage people to consider treating them differently. Um, you know, we know that the process itself of weaning is sometimes stressful, but once you've done that, um, then you can start a vaccine protocol that's a little more aggressive, quite frankly. Uh, and because you don't have the risk of bringing in new diseases by going through the cell barn, uh, then you can use a, a vaccination protocol that might put a little more stress on those cattle, but it does provide really good immunity. And so we would think about, we wouldn't worry as much about uh, black leg vaccine and timing of that. Uh, we might be aggressive and do two rounds of modified live uh, instead of considering uh, the intranasal vaccine that we would use on cell barn cattle uh, or potentially the killed vaccine on the first dose. So we would just make sure um, that those cattle are well vaccinated, but we wouldn't have the same concerns that we would if we were bringing them in. And certainly a metaphylactic antibiotic wouldn't be, you know, something that you would consider in cattle that you were putting together from your own farm. But the vaccine protocol would probably be a little more aggressive. Okay. So um, also, uh, what if I wanted to vaccinate those calves 30 days before weaning mm -hmm. and then give them the, the, the booster after I've weaned them? How would you, you recommend going about that? Should I use a modified live both places? What, what would I do there? There used to be um, some concern about using modified live vaccines on uh, calves that were still nursing cows. Uh, a risk of causing some backward transfer of antibodies to um, 
to the maternal cow and she might abort a calf that she was carrying in utero um, that after she'd gotten bred back. The technology on the vaccines is so much better now than it used to be. We don't worry about that as much, especially if that cow has been vaccinated with a modified live vaccine at some point in her life before. So um, yes, vaccinating those calves 30 days prior to weaning is a great idea. That puts a lot of the stress um, of the vaccine and takes it away because you don't have to worry about the weaning process during that time. Um, and there's very little risk involved to the, the maternal cow. Okay. Well, Dr. Cox, thank you so much for being with us on this episode. I appreciate your time and all your attention to detail with our conversation uh, this evening. Uh, I want to say to our audience that a lot of the vaccines and all of the vaccines, for that matter, that Dr. Cox has uh, mentioned uh, are available at your local co-op. And also those antibiotics, uh, be sure you have a relationship with your local veterinarian so that they can provide those for you. Thank you for viewing this episode of Beef Tips and Gravy. Mm -hmm.